One giant step, your podcast for everything New York Giants and training camp is in full swing. I am your host, Sean Morris, joined by, I'm just going to say former co-host for a short time, now colleague on Evan and Tiki on WFAN Every Day. It's Tommy Lugauer with me, and Giant fan as well, obviously. And executive producer of the Evan and Tiki program. He's gonna, uh, he's the fine program. shoehorn in all of his titles here. By the way, I'm just going to, I did that, now I'll mock myself. I brought headphones in here. I'm sitting next to you. And as I'm listening to you talk, I go, I don't hear Sean in my ears. And then I realize, I'm sitting right next to you. I don't yeah. need my headphones. You have ears. <laughs> you have ears, which is good. So, I, I have you on because, well, there's two reasons. Number one, we are, of course, somewhere where you uh, podcast, not somewhere. You can download free on the Odyssey app everywhere podcasts are available under the Odyssey umbrella and part of WFAN where we do Evan and Tiki afternoons. I think it's very important to establish here as our listeners from One Giant Step, our listeners from uh, Evan and Tiki, they, you know, some of which cross-intersect. Uh, Giants talks back on FAN Afternoon Drive, which Absolutely. I think is important. You and I both as Giant fans, Tiki, the Giant to have on. Giant royalty. Yeah, um, with all due respect to the job that Joe and then Craig did for a long time there with Evan, both those guys are Jet guys, and Evan is a Jet guy, and he's going to continue to, to you know, basically give the Jet audience what they're looking for. But for any Giant fan that may have felt at times, you know, starved of, of Giant talk from people like them, not that they weren't talking Giants, but, you know, people like us. They didn't have a voice. They didn't have a voice. They didn't have, like, Giant fan voices. Now you have two huge Giant fans. And you have a former Giant, so there's a big presence. Giants. Yes, yeah. exactly. So Afternoon Drive is back with Giants football, so I hope that that's a good way to cross-pollinate here. With this podcast. Now, that being said, in the first two weeks here on Afternoon Drive, obviously it's been baseball heavy with the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> those seasons continue to teeter. <laughs> obviously, it's been jet heavy. Aaron Rodgers has captured New York. And I say that because I just got done telling you the Giants fans have a voice. We haven't been able to do a lot of what's happened with Giants camp so far in Afternoon Drive. So I thought this was a good opportunity to chop it up with you. There is legit buzz mounting. And honestly, if we weren't in a town where Aaron Rodgers was the NFL story, forget the New York story, and, you know, all the stuff that's gone on with Hackett and Peyton, I think this would be getting more attention. People are starting to come in and out of Giants camp from outside of New York and and watch, and there feels to be, and you don't want to overreact to a week and a half, buzz building about this Giant team, and namely Darren Waller. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, I love the fact, and I, I could see this coming from a mile away, we all did, where the Jets would be getting more of the headlines because Aaron Rodgers brings that, and they bring, you know, hard knocks, and they, people are going to want to talk about them, and then they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And I love the fact that the Giants, the Giants, because now we're going to forget this, the Giants are the team that made the playoffs last year. What the a Giants game. are the team that righted the ship. The Giants are the team on the rise. The Giants are the team with the younger quarterback. Now, when we bring in guys like Waller and the connection between Jones and Waller, if you watch any of the guys from camp or read their tweets, it sounds like these guys are already on the same page, yeah. and it's early August. So I'm very excited, Sean, about all the additions 
the Giants made. They brought in like 75 guys. If we hit on two or three of them, exactly. this offense is going to look totally different going into the season. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And we can get into some of the stuff that I've read. And by the way, you and I plan on being at a practice on Friday mm-hmm. at training camp. And then we will, of course, be doing the show there August 14th. Correct, Monday, August uh, 14th. Evan and Tiki will be out there August 14th. So a couple stops at training camp still to come for you and I. But obviously just reading reports, I've talked to a couple people who have been there. One thing that becomes abundantly clear, the Giants were not a perfect team last year by any means. Nope. Some might say they overachieved with talent. They had, obviously, the coach of the year that was a big part of that. Mm -hmm. It's like people forget that coach is gone. No, that coach is still here. It's a big reason to believe in the team. Absolutely. The addition of Darren Waller, and I know about the injury history, some of the stuff they've done uh, that I've I've seen, we'll see how it translates. They seem to love Paris Campbell, who, by the way, was playing with Nick Foles last year when he was finally healthy. Yep. Um, Big deal for them. Darius Slayton seems to be healthy and, like, confident compared to last year, I think, because he finally had that full year in the Dable system, really got to show who he was. Of course, we do without a couple of the key drops he's had. And, of course, the emergence of Jalen Hyatt, who in recent days is starting to turn heads. I mean, he recorded a speed, what did I see, 24 miles an hour um, on, on a route, something like that, and it was the fastest recorded thing on a GPS since Tyreek Hill ran something at whatever it was, 23 miles an hour? Yeah. So you're telling me you get Tyreek Hill's speed. No, absolutely. And Hyatt's one of those guys where I know, like, especially when we do shows in New York, I know that college football is not discussed a lot, but this guy played on Tennessee, a big-time team. They played yeah. in a lot of big games, yeah. and he stood out a lot was on a very high— Alabama. Great against Alabama in a high-octane offense. So, listen, Daniel Jones, to me, his two biggest strengths is when he— Tucks the ball and runs. He's as electric as any quarterback in the league when he's running the football. I agree. Give me any quarterback, and I will take Daniel Jones up against him. That's number one. Number two, he could throw the deep ball. Now, you wouldn't know that over the last couple of years see, with his offense. That's the thing. You hit they on it. They took it away from him. Under Pat Shermer's offense in year one. Yep. And Darius Slayton was a big part of that. Absolutely was. What Daniel Jones did better than most quarterbacks. As a matter of fact, he was right up there. And people, I've, I've thrown this stat at people, and people, like, roll their eyes because they don't listen to the full stat. His deep ball percentage was up there with the likes of Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean he's Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback. But if you think about that part, Patrick Mahomes' strength is everything. Yeah. So if one part of his strength is something that Daniel Jones was as good at, the Giants, for numerous reasons, whether it was Jason Garrett's offense or Freddie Kitchens, whatever was going on there with yep. Joe Judge, they completely stripped down and stopped doing that. Now, that could have been offensive line play, not enough time to have receivers sure, develop. personnel oh, plays Personnel, into it. lack of receivers. I mean, the guy lack hasn't had it. Yep. If it's only Darius Slayton and he drops a bunch of balls, then that's different. Yep. I believe that the Giants last year started to realize down the stretch when they started to hum a little, and it was Hodgins, and it was Slayton, and it was Richie James, and they finally had that trio of – these are the three guys. And no disrespect, that's not exactly no. like great receiving core. It was by just any the stretch. least consistency in the offense. Correct. They were they were humming. You could see Daniel Jones throw better and better, and better. I think that they added Waller. They drafted Hyatt. I think they're telling you something. They paid Daniel Jones. They believe that the deep ball or at least big plays, explosive plays, are going to be back in this offense, which lacked last year. Yeah, and, and for those Daniel Jones haters, and there's a lot of them, and there's a lot of Giant fans that don't believe in Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has the skill set to be a big-time quarterback in the NFL. He can run. He's cut down on the turnovers. He could throw the deep ball. And now when you guys, when you have guys like Hyatt, Waller, Campbell, Slayton, these guys that can run, speed, to me, it was important, and I'm sure we'll get into this, it was important to get Saquon here. Yeah. And I think a lot of fans were going to be nuts if he wasn't. But I'm telling you right now, last year, 
Saquon Barkley, when he was running, this offense hummed. This is going to be a Daniel Jones-led offense in the future. Right, less, this is his team. And less pressure on Saquon, too, by the way, yes. if they are able to hit on big plays. That's it. If Hyatt, Now, I don't think Hyatt's going to come along in September. Now, he's again, the last week he's been better. But I think he's going to struggle early. They're going to pick their spots with Hyatt. That's one of those spots where I think – November, December, you're like, okay, here's the arrival of Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, and by the time Wondell Robinson gets here, they're going to feed Waller a lot yeah, early and Waller often. will be fed yep. a lot. They're going to do unique things. They're already using Paris Campbell the same way Shanahan likes to use Debo Samuel. I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel, but that kind of creative stuff. They mm-hmm. have Kafka and Dable who are creative. The Giants are going to change the way they attack explosive plays. They're going to make what was a weakness last year, try to turn into a strength. Jones, as you alluded to, has the benefit of doing that. And if they do that... Well, guess what? That loosens up boxes and only makes Saquon Barkley's job easier where you don't feel like you have to feed it to him 35 times, and then maybe that results in more big plays by Saquon Barkley. No doubt about it. And, and again, the detractors of Daniel Jones will point to the touchdown passes he threw last year, which is a totally ridiculous thing to point to. Number one, he didn't have a great receiving core. Number two, how many touchdowns did he run for? It's about total touchdowns. So that's the thing. Right. 22 total touchdowns. It's like counting ER or wins in baseball for pitchers. Yeah. When it's not, that's not what it's about. 22 total touchdowns. Didn't play the last game. In the 17th game that he played, threw three touchdown passes. So he accounted for, in 17 games, 25 touchdowns. Yeah, and let's just be blunt. The receiving course sucked last year. You know what, 26 last year and had a better receiver Watson? Aaron Rodgers, the same guy everybody's close. Yeah, and and Sean, I I know you said it, and I totally agree with you. One less touchdown than Rodgers in 17 games. I've said it as well. There were many people in the league that thought Jalen Hurts could not play in the NFL. At this time a year ago. Yep. He made a major leap. Let's be honest. He basically outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, had an MVP caliber season. Like, why can't, why can't Daniel Jones, who has a similar skill set with the right guys around him, take that same exact leap? I believe he can. Uh, I think there's no question that he can. And, again, we have not seen it with our own two eyes other than videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've seen the words stronger, more zip confidence. It looks like Daniel Jones got that contract, and maybe that was a reassurance to his own mental, hey, I have a coaching staff that does believe in me. I want a playoff game this year. I belong. I ne- I see that they've invested in weapons for me. It seems to be the case. Now, health is still obviously going to be a paramount question. He stayed healthy last year, except for the end of that Bear game. He hadn't done that in years prior. If he gets hurt, all bets are off. And part of staying healthy, as I transition here, one thing I want to talk about, it's a good and bad thing. How many years during the bad years of the last six years did, if we were doing a podcast like this, would the main question have been about the offensive line? Oh, my God. How many times on WFA and callers? Giants offensive line. Giants offensive line. Now, the offensive line is far from perfect, but it has now a high ceiling. What the floor is to be determined. They just reinvested in Andrew Thomas, who might be the best left tackle in football, or certainly on the way to being there. I think so much of this season is predicated on, is Evan Neal going to be a bust mm-hmm. in year number two? Or is Evan Neal going to be the seventh overall pick, a guy that people thought might have been the best tackle in the draft last year? Because if he is, and the Giants are suddenly throwing out the potential for the best tackle tandem in football, which when you invest a pick in Neal and the player Thomas is, there's no reason not to think that's possible. No doubt. Uh, and the rookie John Michael Schmitz at center, if he could give him stability at center, which they haven't now had for a couple of years since the Gates injury. I mean, the Giants' offensive line is the difference in this team being able to connect on some of those big plays and power the football with Saquon. And it's still a question, but it's nice not being the question the way it was in past years. Absolutely. Now, look, when we last saw the Giants, the Eagles manhandled us on both sides of the ball. Manhandled. Especially the interior. No doubt. And their defensive line in Philly is special, no doubt. They got dogs like 
as and Cowboys too. So to me, the Giants, in order to level up, because I think the NFC is absolutely wide open, it's not as strong as the AFC, but in our division, to me, that's like basically the two best teams in the NFC are the Eagles and Cowboys, certainly the 49ers. The Giants in the interior have to get stronger because the Eagles' defensive line, they have a million guys. The Cowboys have a million guys. They rush the passer. Yeah. We the have Eagles to be stronger there. Eagles freaking Jalen Carter. I know. They basically have right. like a bus from Georgia to Philly, and right. they're bringing all the Bulldogs there, which is a good strategy. The Giants have to be stronger there because on the other side of the ball, I do think the Giants' defensive line can be a very special unit, yeah. but they got pushed around in that playoff game. So it's a growing thing. The Giants, to me, are on a rise. It all goes back to this. We took what Buffalo did. We brought in Shane. We brought in Dable. We now have their sort of pixie dust. Look at them. They're in shambles for their no. standards. The proper the way to look at a roster. great hands now. Yeah. yeah. Proper way to look at a roster and coaching up guys that otherwise might have been thrown away. 100%. And the Giants had a couple of those guys. But, you know, by the way, Dexter Lawrence was good. He wasn't next level great until nope. these guys got here yep. either. So, with that, let's look at the defense for a second. With as positive as all the offensive stories have been out of camp, well, that means the defense must not be playing that great either. <laughs> now, a little different. Are they going to go totally attack? Wink Martindale seems to have laid off. I'm expecting big years out of Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, both of which, remember, missed the first two games last year due to injury. Those guys got to stay healthy. The, yeah, Ojolari always comes down to health with him. The, the depth at edge, still something maybe a little bit lacking. Jihad Ward's been banged up. He's not really a pass rusher. He's a run-stuff guy first. We know what Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and now the additions – of Sean Robinson, Raheem Nunez, Roches, like the D tackle spot is really strong. I think the defense and with the questions at corner while deep, we'll get to them in a second. It comes down to Ojolari and Thibodeau. If they are one of them, I think needs to become an elite pass rusher. But if they are a really good bookend duo rushing the passer, well, that's what's going to change games here, especially versus the Eagles yeah, and the Cowboys. I thought Thibodeau, uh, what the Giants were lacking for years, Thibodeau brought to them not just yeah. the ability to rush the passer. And sometimes it comes off as an excuse, but I thought early in the season, maybe he didn't have the sacks, but he was getting close. He was disrupting things, and the sacks came later in the year. To me, he brings an edge. He brings a swagger. He brings a toughness that the Giants were lacking on defense for years. Now, he's going to do the Snow Angels. He's going to say some things that are going to piss a portion of the fan base off. But you need guys like that. You need guys that have edge. You need dogs, dare I say. You need guys that basically, you know what, I'm going to talk tough, and I'm going to back it up. And that's what he brings and also his ability to rush the passer, yeah. which can be elite. He, they probably made the playoffs because of him. Yeah. The game against Washington, that's, yep. he, he put the team on his back, which if he's a primetime player, going to help because the Giants play a lot more primetime games, including Love it. three of their first four. Now, when looking at kind of the middle next levels, we kind of talk about this team. They had Bobby Okereke, sideline to sideline speed. Giants haven't had a linebacker like that in a long time. You could even argue like Michael Boldy, last type of player like that. They needed that kind of player. The linebackers got eaten alive. Let's see what Darian Beavers or Micah McFadden gives them. I'm not expecting a lot. Giants linebacker, by the way, the second most thing always talked about on yeah. the fan. Oh, no Offensive doubt. line linebackers. We've been hearing about linebackers which for decades why, with this team. Which Lack is why of. it may be unfair to Bobby Okereke. He's got to get treated like Harry Carson here in terms <laughs> of XP. He just is. Yeah. I mean, because that's how big of an addition it is. He should help in stopping the run. The Giants got eaten alive in the run game, especially versus Philly. And I don't yes. want to make this just Giants versus Philly, but that's the golden goose you're chasing No here. doubt. So you want to see how you close the gap. 100%. Uh, as I mentioned, adding those D tackles for depth to be able to spell Big Len and spell Sexy Dexy, and now adding Okereke, I think that's huge. But the, the, the secondary is where I think the team is the most interesting in camp because there's a couple positions up for grabs. Number one, Adoree Jackson, as long as he's not dumbly being asked to return punts, which he has at times so far in the first couple weeks of camp, that is as safe a number one corner as you could have. As flashy as Sauce Gardner, no. 
but he's a top 15, top 20 corner. Yes. You, sit at, uh, you saw the difference when Adoree Jackson played last year and didn't. Defense is completely different. He could follow around a team's best receiver. I see the struggles with Deontay Banks that's been talked about, but isn't that to be expected? Yeah. A rookie corner rookie. drafted in the 20s. That's a position like tackle in the NFL, like quarterback in the NFL, where the rookie year is filled with a lot of growth. No doubt. You're going to get burnt a lot as a rookie corner. It is what it is. And he'll make plays, and he'll run speed, but, you know, he'll get picked on, and you'll live with the good and the bad. 100. But because of that, the Giants really need to figure out this nickel corner situation. Last year was Darnay Holmes, who's strong against the run, gives up some on the pass. He might get cut here because of contract stuff. With the cap, they drafted Cordell Flott in the third round last year. Actually, comes off the bench. One of three plays he was on the field for versus the Vikings in a playoff game. Breaks up that huge pass on third down, which leads to the fourth down ender. He, sh- he guarded A.J. Brown in that final game. Yeah, He started to play well for them. He seemed to have bulked up, which he needed to do to play the run. But it hasn't been pretty. Now, the Giants have a lot of slot receivers. They're throwing Cole Beasley, a little Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell. But it feels like nickel corner by all reports Guys are being spun around like tops. And if that's not a position the Giants figure out, well, then the defense could be in trouble because you can't have two liabilities at corner and teams will pick on that all day in the NFL. No, the only way to counter that is you have to have an elite pass rush, right? You have to have a situation. Which is why Thibodeau and Ojolari so huge, right? Correct. If the opposing quarterback doesn't have a time to throw. Now, look, the NFL is different than it was even when we were growing up. Quarterbacks can make plays on the run. They can buy time. It, it is difficult, which is why if you could get a corner that could stay with a receiver for time and time again for an extended period of time, it's worth its weight in gold. It's going to be an issue. It's a work in progress. It's my biggest concern on the defense, but I think it can be helped for sure if that defensive line, which I think could be elite, really brings it, really pins their ears back and gets after the opposing quarterbacks. So we know Banks, despite his struggles, probably will start. Trey Hawkins has turned a lot of heads, but again, that's a six-round rookie. Maybe they get lucky like a Tariq Woolen was in the yeah. mid-rounds last I want to see year. what Banks has got, right? Yeah, like I want to see sure. this guy like level up and see if he could for be sure. a For sure, as good as player. Hawkins is, look, Banks is the guy you invested the first-round pick Correct. in. So. I think that it's weird because there's so many young guys. The corner depth looks better on paper, but it's a lot of unknowns based on the young guys. And again, you're talking about Flott and Hawkins and Banks. Hit on two of the guys. That's it. And, and you're fine. Uh, and with that safety, the other spot right now, we know what Xavier McKinney brings. He seems to be healthy all the way back, which is great. Jason Pinnock is another buzzworthy name so far at camp. Uh, we're team Dane Belton here one giant step. He was a great guest a few months <laughs> ago. Uh, and I'm sure he'll get on the field plenty. But Jason Pinnock made an incredible interception a couple days ago, one-handed. Uh, every every beat report you see walk away. I mean, I, I think I've read the name Jason Pinnock more than anybody else besides Darren Waller at Giants camp so far. He was, again, great job by Shohan, Joe Shane. Jets cut a guy. Yep. How great would that be? Stick it to Jet. I love he ends it. up being an excellent safety for this team. Uh, and, again, if you can't have a superstar at every position. Nope. But if Pinnock's a playmaker and he can get some picks, the team needs a guy to come up with interceptions. Another thing they lacked last year returning the football over. No doubt. And this is where, to me, where the Giants, with Wink, with Dable, with Shane, when you have guys that I the, – the coaching staff is, is excellent. And their ability to coach guys up, to bring guys off the scrap heap, to get a guy that the Jets didn't have use for, to bring him in, and he's been one of the biggest stories at camp, just shows you, again – that the Giants are in such great hands. And as a Giant fan, we should be so excited and so looking forward to the future because they now have stability. They have the right people in place. And I am so pumped up for the season and going forward because I really believe they're in amazing hands. All right. In case I don't talk to you, well, I know I'm going to talk to you. And I know we're going to get to this on the air. Record prediction as of August 2nd. 10 wins. I'm with you. I'm at 10 and 7. But let me mean, just let me just preface this by by that because I'm glad you you teed me up for something here. Can we beat the freaking 
Eagles. Please. I am so <laughs> effing sick of it, dude. I am too. I'm so sick of it. I'm... And I understand you lose two to them. You could still win 10 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tired of seeing us get our ass kicked by them. So I'm completely with you on that. I don't have that expectation yet. And maybe that's I, I a don't either. Mentality. I don't either. To me, it's it's take the steps, right? My first step is, can we beat the Cowboys? No doubt. Got to split. You know the Giants have never beaten Dak Prescott? Amazing. It's amazing. They've never beaten Dak Prescott. Who's, we, let's be honest, is not an elite quarterback. Right. Good every, quarterback, not elite. We every, should be able to beat him. Every time they've beaten Dallas in recent years, it's been Brandon Whedon yep. or whoever. So, yeah, beat the Cowboys first. And you beat the Cowboys. That's the thing. Close that gap first. And maybe, hey, best case scenario, you close both in one year. Yeah, I don't think it'll it would happen. be nice. Uh, but that all starts with that opening game. Love okay. It. So if you're at Camp Friday, wave hi to me and Tommy will be there. Also, the reason we would be at Camp first, if you're going to Metallica, a lot of Giant fans might be listening doing that double dip. Giants camping to Metallica, long day, combo crowd, who knows? <laughs> we'll be at we'll be at Reds outside MetLife Stadium broadcasting. It'll be Tommy and I doing uh, the Evidentiki show from Reds ahead of Metallica, following Giants practice this Friday from two to six twenty-five. Black and whiskey, plenty of giveaways. We'll have a lot of fun. So that's it, brother. Where can follow you on Twitter? Uh, at Tommy Lugauer. And you can follow me at Sean Morris. So I'm going to stop checking my mentions soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I would if I were you. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> Producer James. And thanks for taking one giant step with us.